Welcome back to middle school It's a zoo out there So just be cool Don't speak too loud Try to fit in But if you don't Then you can be in everyone, and welcome to the Outfit Repeaters, an unofficial Lizzie McGuire recap podcast. I'm your host, Marissa Cantor, and here with me, as always, is Sam Chung. Hello. Uh, big news out of the Lizzie McGuire uh, world this past week. I guess it's a week ago at this point, but there was a reunion, and you are all over that. Yes, it was so exciting. Yeah, you you were right on top of it. You were like, oh my god, they're doing a Zoom it seems like everything cool that's been happening has been happening on Zoom, but then there's the whole security issue. So I don't really, I don't know how I should feel about Zoom. I know. And then there's the issue of the quality of the Zoom. Yeah. But uh, what, what what were your thoughts about the, the table reading that we got? Yeah. So Hillary Duff put together a table read of between a rock and a bra place. And she got everyone back together who was in the episode. And they just read the script. And it was wonderful. It was a delight. Yeah. Um, is that the script that you would have chosen to do a table read of in, in this the world that we live in today? I mean, it's not surprising that it's the, that it's the script that was chosen. Because the I want a bra line is one of the more iconic lines in the Lizzie universe. What was it like seeing everybody? as adults for you I mean I thought it was really cool obviously I'm all over Hillary Duff like I see her every day on on Instagram I have gone on her blue hair journey with her I know that she's homeschooling her child like no surprises there it was wild to see Lelaine because Lelaine went fairly off the grid yeah she looks pretty much the same I thought she does she looks yeah. great I thought that all of the girls looked great yeah, that's the guys, I guess. That, <laughs> the they look way different. Yeah, <laughs> Sam Ro- McGuire. Yeah, Robert Carradine is like full caveman. <laughs> he looks like my middle school science teacher. <laughs> really? Yeah, just like full like shoulder length hair, giant beard. I mean, that's consistent with what we saw in the like reunion photos back when they were doing the reboot. Like yeah. he, he had the longer hair. He wasn't as shaggy, but... The one that I'm most concerned about is Gordo. Like, is Adam Lamberg okay? What do you mean? Is he okay? I'm sure he's okay. I'm sure he's as okay as we all are at this moment in time. He's the one that on first glance, I was like, Gordo, what happened? (laughs) He just grew out a mustache. Mustaches were a big thing in that Zoom call, I noticed. Everybody seemed to have a mustache. Well, because he looked great in his Lizzie McGuire reunion shot. I was like, yeah, that's Gordo. That is Lizzie and Gordo. I actually have a picture of them together in my cubicle at work. I'm really sad that I didn't bring that back with me to just kind of like tape on the wall right now. Maybe you should change your computer background. Maybe. (laughs) 
Yeah, but the yeah, here's the problem is that he just had a mustache and when you only have a mustache, you either pull it off really well or you really don't pull it off really well. Yeah. And you know, Gordo's <laughs> not the only one going through this. I mean, uh, some of my coworkers on Zoom calls have gone the mustache approach and no but no beard no beard just the stash just mustache. Uh, i don't know it's a hot take <laughs> it's like a choice. It's a, it's, yeah it's a choice yeah it's definitely a choice but yeah it was a really fun reunion it was cool to see like the chemistry still there between all of them also um joe mcguire looking great too yeah she looks pretty good how old is she now i feel like she's like my mom's age not to out my mom's age <laughs> Yeah, but she looked she was she was looking good. She didn't look like she changed all that much. Yeah, and what I found most interesting too was that they also had the writers of the episode on. That's what you found most interesting? I found it most interesting that they would bring in Claire, who was barely even named in the episode, had like two lines. What do you mean? Claire Claire and Claire's mother was there. Claire's mom had more lines than Claire did. I know. I wish that there was a more um I wish they chose more of a Kate and Claire heavy episode. I guess if they went through the effort of bringing them in. Yeah. Kate only said one thing. But no, I thought that the hearing the writers speak about the episode was interesting. Thinking about what it meant to be writing an episode like this on a network like Disney Channel in 2001. They said that in order to write it, they had to also incorporate a super action-y, like more boy plot in there which is how we got the kung fu shenanigans they also said that disney would only let them use the word bra twice and they could not show a bra so i just thought those kinds of things to hear were interesting yeah i didn't know that uh jake thomas's dad was a writer on the show and learning that information it helps contextualize the circumstances a little bit yeah <laughs> I didn't know that either. Some good old-fashioned Hollywood nepotism. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean, Matt? Honestly, a lot of the times makes the episodes. That's true, but, you know, it, it doesn't hurt when your dad is already a writer on the show. But that's how it goes. But overall, so fun. So fun to hear, again, from the writers at the beginning, of course, to hear Hilary Duff, you know, really put her... It was like an Oscar-worthy performance, into like she really got into it. She also had like a like a cartoon a cardboard cutout of cartoon Lizzie that she would put over her face every time like it was that Lizzie's line, which I thought was cute. Yeah, like she's clearly become a better actress as time has gone on. I don't know if we can say the same thing for all of them. Yeah, she really she really put everything into that performance and it was just ugh. It was the type of nostalgia content I needed right now. And then it was cool at the end, too. They kind of reflected on their experiences on the show and what it meant to be to do an episode like that when they were all, you know, 13-year-old girls actually going through puberty and shopping for bras themselves for the first time and how that could have been awkward, but it really just, like, wasn't. And how they really, like, appreciated that this episode existed after the fact. It was great. I loved it. I hope that they do this again. Again? I mean, it seemed like kind of an undertaking, so I don't know that it will, but I would love to see more things like this from maybe not another Lizzie episode, but I would love to see other casts reunite and do a similar thing. It was fun for me. I mean, this isn't the first time. I know the cast of Community has been doing this. Um, obviously, we had the Parks and Rec special. 
yeah. the cast of The Office just reunited. So I think shows are definitely doing this. Yeah, I love to see it. But we have another episode to talk about today. We do. And I think it's a fun one. Yeah, this episode was a breath of fresh air for me. The, the previous two episodes that we've recapped for me were a little bit slow, but this episode I felt like had a good pace. I'm realizing that I think the show, like pacing-wise, has the most magic when Lizzie and Matt are playing off of each other and their storylines intersect. Like, we also really liked the babysitting episode. Like, I just think that the sibling dynamics, they play off of each other really well. And, like, instead of having such a, like, two totally separate stories going on with each of them, it's really fun when we get these episodes when they're together. Yeah, well, I think the issue is, and I'm realizing this as as more and more episodes, as we get through more and more episodes, Gordo comes off as, like, too self-righteous to be the feature in a full episode. Um, and we saw it here as well, but, like, because it was in moderation, it was it was bearable. Um, Miranda is a character who is just full of delusions of grandeur. So <laughs> she is also okay in moderation, but, you know, a full Miranda episode is just like, ugh, stop. But, you know, I agree. The the Lizzie-Matt dynamic is is where we should try and live. Yeah, they're just so fun. So this episode... It's episode 115. It's called Lizzie's Nightmare. In this episode, Matt boards the wrong school bus and spends a day at Lizzie's school, where Lizzie has a harrowing time when everyone is besotted with Matt, including Ethan. Besotted? What an <laughs> what a word. I know. <laughs> um, and this episode aired on June 22nd, 2001. Yeah, so this was... Quite a cold open. Yeah. So we start on a shot of Matt. He is spooning some honey and looking awfully suspicious. Yeah. He has a devilish grin. <laughs> a devilish grin. Is that what you wrote? No, I just came up with that just now, actually. Wow. But you know what? He, he just has a devilish grin. Yeah. And then we cut to Lizzie on the phone with Miranda and Gordo. Gordo has something to tell Lizzie, but he can't quite remember what it is. Yeah, meanwhile, Lizzie is, like, complaining about how she had spinach in her teeth all day. I mean, fair. Like, nobody told... Like, they're supposed to be her best friends, and they just let her have spinach in her teeth all day? Help a girl out. (laughs) Then Matt walks in, and he just starts laughing at her. And she's like, what dog breath? And while this situation with Matt is unfolding... Gordo remembers what he has to tell Lizzie. And it's that Ethan said that Lizzie could eat lunch with him. Quote, you know, if Lizzie wanted to, he'd be cool with that. This is a big deal. It's a huge deal. Yeah. And I have some questions. You have some questions? I mean, like Lizzie's question is why wouldn't Gordo tell her that sooner, like immediately? But my question is, why does Gordo know this information in the first place? Yeah, my question is, I thought Ethan and Kate had a thing. Why is uh, Ethan looking to have lunch with Lizzie? Yeah, what is this about? This really comes out of nowhere. We don't really see Ethan and Lizzie interact much at all. I don't imagine Ethan approaching Gordo and being like, hey, tell Lizzie she can eat lunch with me. And Gordo being like, okay. But yeah, it's also definitely weird that like, this needs to be something that's relayed. If Ethan wants to eat lunch with Lizzie, why wouldn't he just do that at lunch? Right. <laughs> like at lunch, go sit with her. Yeah, there's like a lot of unnecessary setup happening here. So much drama. 
And Gordo's like, well, this isn't that important. And Miranda's like, of course this is important because eating with Ethan will make Lizzie popular. And then if Lizzie's popular, we are also popular by association. Not how that works. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's exactly how it works. <laughs> no. Lizzie will become popular, but she will not take Gordo and Miranda with her. I think if there's anything that we've learned uh, through 15 episodes, it's that if Lizzie becomes popular, she'll get a big head and Gordo and Miranda will be kicked to the curb. But that's good because then they their relationship can blossom <laughs> the way that it's meant to. No, I don't support that fan theory. Not even fan theory, conspiracy theory. So it's not a conspiracy <laughs> theory. Fan fiction. Have we mentioned that the phone is stuck to Lizzie's hair? I was just about to get there, oh, okay. so go for it. Oh, yeah. Well, now we finally figure out why Matt is laughing and why we got that shot of honey at the beginning of the episode. It's because Matt has put honey on Lizzie's phone, and now the phone is stuck to Lizzie's hair. That Matt, he's, such a, he's such a prankster. I know. With that devilish grin. I don't know why Lizzie wouldn't notice a sticky phone before. Whatever. We'll just <laughs> let that slide. Because if she notices, then we don't have an episode. That's fair. You're right. This A lot really hinges on this prank. This is the catalyst of the entire episode. Totally. And Lizzie's pissed. She can't believe that her and Matt are related. She has to believe that there's another sibling out there that wouldn't pull these pranks with her. And she says she wants a blood test, which like wrong test so do we think this is all happening before school yeah yeah this is like in the morning which honestly the fact that they are all up and dressed with enough time to have a full phone conversation (laughs) before school is really impressive that's what i was thinking like you're gonna see each other in half an hour like why do you need to have a phone conversation now i was just to chew out your friends about the spinach thing like (laughs) I know. I was of the roll out of bed 15 minutes before the bus variety. Weren't we all? <laughs> like, this is really, this is a lot. They're going to get up. They're going to be, you know, fully dressed and made up all cutely. They're going to talk on the phone. They're going to eat breakfast. So anyways, yeah, Lizzie wants a blood test. Cut to theme song. And then we return and we're still at Lizzie's house before school. Lizzie's in the kitchen with her mom and trying to get the honey out of her hair. And she's kind of freaking out. She has a very important lunch today. And now her hair is ruined. Yeah, Joe's like, no one will notice. And then right on cue, Sam doesn't notice. Right. And that's just like so dad, right? That checks out. I mean, consistent with his character, but also like consistent of dads. Like I've literally, you know, chopped like six or seven inches off of my hair and then would come home and like my dad wouldn't notice like (laughs) oh oh (laughs) (laughs) just like oh hey dad look at me oh like nothing okay so I I felt that moment you related I related yeah at this point Matt is so Matt's on the phone with Lanny and he enters the kitchen he says something about how the honey thing worked great Except I used my sister instead of a hamster. What is Lanny doing to a hamster? Also, didn't they just get walkie-talkies so they wouldn't have to use the phone anymore? Why are they using the phone? Obviously, this episode was shot before the walkie-talkie episode. Because as we know, this episode is referenced in the Aaron Carter episode, which was episode 7. So... 
it's probably a continuity thing. I think the Aaron Carter episode was shot at the end. Yeah, that could check out too. Well, in any case, continuity issues are nothing new. But yeah, it's very weird that Lanny would want to stick honey all over a hamster. This <laughs> seems like something that Peter would get all over. I know. It's honestly like sadistic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's better or worse that it happened to Lizzie than a hamster. Oh, it's definitely better. I feel horrible for that hamster. Like I'm, I've been thinking about this a lot. Like... What is wrong with Lanny? First, he's getting, like, first he's getting his stomach pumped. He is 10. Now he's, like, harming a hamster. Yeah, Lanny's a psycho. Like, what is going on? (laughs) Oh, yeah, Lanny is terrifying. Yeah, don't like that. But Matt is very loudly having this conversation when he walks in on his entire family dealing with Lizzie's hair calamity. And you know what? He's just giving himself away. Yeah, and he kind of knows it. He's like, gotta go. But it's not his fault. Lizzie's such an easy target. I mean, that she is. And then from there, Lizzie starts yelling at Matt. We get some very basic sibling insults shot back and forth at each other. And parents very much on Lizzie's side. Joe says, you haven't been very nice either, young man. And tells him that he is grounded. And Matt kind of like, you know, brushes this off. He's like, oh, what's my punishment going to be? There's a throwback to the chicken noodle casserole that we saw once upon a time. Yeah. Which was a nice touch. But Joe can't think of anything. She has no punishment. This is an empty threat. And Matt calls her out on it. Yeah. So she's like, just go to school. We'll deal with this later. And Sam tells him to not miss his bus. Yeah. Um, and for some reason, Joe is going to drive Lizzie to school. Why is this happening? <sighs> Because this wouldn't, this episode would not have happened if Joe drove both of them to school. And it couldn't have happened if Lizzie took the bus because it just, it just is a, just needed to happen this way. There's no real, ex- we can speculate. If uh, Matt and Lizzie are going to two different schools, would they leave the house at the same time? Is this something that is realistic? No. <laughs> just a hard No. <laughs> no. Lizzie would have to leave first because typically, you know, middle school starts before high school. I mean, oh my God, middle because middle school starts before elementary school. That brings up a lot of timeline issues that exist in this episode, right? Because once we get into it a little more, we'll see Lizzie, Gordo, and Miranda fully at school when Matt and Ethan are on the bus. It's just like, it doesn't make sense. It does not at all. Um, but, but anyways. We're jumping ahead. We are jumping ahead, yeah. So now, you know, Matt is leaving to catch the bus, and it looks like he's about to miss the bus. Yeah, the bus is for some reason driving away at like a snail's so pace. So slow. <laughs> while Matt chases after it. Chases it. And the bus stops and lets him on, and immediately something is wrong. Okay, Another weird thing, we know that Gordo, Lizzie, and Miranda all take the same bus. We've seen this before. So did Gordo and Miranda also get a ride Do we know that Gordo is on the bus? We know that Miranda definitely is. Miranda definitely is. I feel very strongly that we've seen Gordo on that bus as well. I don't think we have. No? Yeah, because when when that bully kid stole Gordo's CD, like why wouldn't, like Gordo wasn't there. The CD that Lizzie was bringing to Gordo. Well, Gordo's parents had to take him to the podiatrist that day. 
No, that was the previous day. It was oh. like the afternoon. I feel I feel so strongly that like there was an episode with Gordo. On I mean, the bus. that's very possible. Very few things are consistent in the show. But yeah, why isn't Miranda on the bus? Maybe Joe drove everyone to school. <laughs> it's yeah. It just makes it it makes little sense. But something is askew. All of the kids are much bigger than Matt. This is not his bus. And there's some like suspenseful music really ramping up. But then Matt just kind of shrugs and goes, oh, well. And then he sits down. Yeah, he's going to roll with it. Going to roll with it. Yeah, then as you said, they, there's a scene change and we're at school. And Gordo is telling Lizzie that her hair looks fine. Miranda says that Lizzie's teeth look fine as well. Um, Gordo reiterates that he's not into the whole Ethan Craft thing. Gordo is very butthurt about the whole Ethan Craft situation. And it, it's, Gordo is so condescending. He is. He's either patronizing or he's condescending. Both. All at once. <laughs> All the things I don't rolled get into it. one. Yeah. I don't, uh, like his character just continues to become less and less appealing. Yeah. Ugh. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. So yeah, just a quick shot to the school and then we're back on the bus. Yep, then we're back on the bus and Ethan gets on the bus. I don't understand why we're back on the bus when school has supposedly started. Makes no sense to me. And like Ethan just getting on the bus. Like at this point, they should be almost at school. They should, yeah, unless this bus is just running super late. That could be a reason why Matt thinks it's his bus. Maybe, but there's no, <laughs> there would be no reason for the bus to be running late. I mean, is there, does driver. there need to be a reason for anything in this show? That's fair. And Ethan kind of devolves back into like picture day bully Ethan. He like, does. Yeah, but he's met, a, he's met his match in Matt. Yeah, Matt is totally like unfazed by all of this. Yeah. Yeah, Ethan tells Matt he's in his seat and tells him to move. Matt's like, I don't see your name on this seat and calls Ethan Frankendork. That's what he said. He said, I don't see Frank and Dork on this seat. Yeah, he'd show Ethan, but he doesn't have a mirror. Oh, oh. need some ice for that burn, Ethan. Yeah, Matt has much better burns <laughs> than like any other character. And then, yeah, like Ethan starts to like, you know, crack his knuckles, says, how, he, how would you like this? Matt says that his name is Matt Bond, so of course he likes it shaken, not stirred. Yeah, it's a good one too. Yeah, and this is just like, you know, two bros, just they have so much respect for each other now. Yeah, that's when the tension kind of breaks. Yeah, they're bros now. Yeah, Ethan says that he's funny and asks him to move over. Yeah, and it turns out that school bus uh, seats are designed for two people, so they can actually share one <laughs> they seat. They can just sit together. <laughs> yeah. Now we're back at school. Presumably a little bit of time into the day has passed because Gordo asks Lizzie and Miranda if they've heard of this new kid. And you get a lot of information about this new kid, just how, like, cool he is. Miranda says that his parents are spies, goes to Disney World twice a year, and he's already skipped three grades. He also has a recording contract. Right, of course. How could I have missed that? Yeah, of course Miranda is concerned about that. Yes. And, of course, Gordo is concerned about the fact that he's already made a feature film with Steven Spielberg. And he's younger than Gordo. I just want to... Like, does Gordo know that Spielberg has worked with children before? Like, has Gordo seen E.T.? <laughs> <laughs> also, does Gordo know of any other, like, directors 
other than Steven Spielberg? Because we've gotten like numerous Spielberg references. Well, this show will really focus in on one person (laughs) and then just beat it like a dead horse. We're going to talk about Britney Spears again. (laughs) We have to talk about Britney Spears again. We'll get there. But yeah, Gordo, mad jealous <laughs> about this. He, this is something that he doesn't get over for the entire episode. For the entire episode. Yeah. Miranda says that he's transferred from some small private school off of Fiji, and his name is Matt something. At which point, Lizzie recoils. She says, ugh, Matt, please don't say that name around me. And then gets knocked out by a door, as Lizzie often does. Not just knocked out by a door, Knocked out by Matt swinging that door into her face. Yup. And this is the point at which Matt says, Harry Potter should be seen, not just read. And that's why they're making the movie. Thanks a lot, you mother. (laughs) Comes back. Matt, I mean, we know that Matt is clearly a big Harry Potter fan. And he's right. Like, that's a great call. What house do we think Matt would belong to? (laughs) What do you think? Um, I don't know if he's like cunning enough to be a Slytherin. Yeah, honestly, Matt reminds me of uh the Marauders. So I think he would be- I think he would get sorted into Gryffindor, but he's kind of like the jo- the bully jock Gryffindor that like James Potter and Sirius are. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, he also has some like Weasley vibes. Like what? Like Fred and George vibes. Oh, okay. I was like, which you know Not, there are you know there are like seven or eight Weasleys, right? Sorry. <laughs> well, all the Weasleys are in Gryffindor too. They are. That's true. So yeah, I think Matt would be a Gryffindor. I think that Lizzie would be a Hufflepuff. You don't think that they'd be in the same house? Now well, that I think about think? it, I think Lizzie's a total Hufflepuff. Yeah, Lizzie's kind of a Hufflepuff. Gordo would be a Ravenclaw. Yeah, and Lanny would be a Slytherin. We're learning. <laughs> Just like <laughs> sticking hamsters to phones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, I mean, nothing is wrong with what Matt said there. I mean, I think it's so hilarious that he is crediting himself for the franchise that is Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciated that line. I thought it was funny. Because how many movies existed at this point? Uh, was it None. None? First Harry Potter movie came out in 2001. Actually, so I don't know if technically the first Harry Potter movie had come out at this point. Although part of me wants to say that the first Harry Potter movie came out around Halloween. I don't know why I'm thinking that. No, you're right. November 14th, 2001. Yeah. This is like how Lizzie McGuire is on the pulse of everything, right? It's like how they talked about Survivor as Survivor was airing. That's true. But yeah, everybody knew that Harry Potter was coming out. It was a huge deal. Yeah. Yeah. They're right on the pulse. So then we are... Back at Lizzie's house, it is the middle of the day, and Sam and Joe, as always, are both home, not working. In fact... (laughs) Go to work. Go to work. (laughs) Sam is online trying to sell some Leaf Garrett records, making a little, like, eBay shop. Yeah. I don't even know if eBay exists yet. Well, Uh, whatever he was selling it on. (laughs) Yeah, um, but Joe can't even process this because it turns out that Matt's missing. Yeah, she, you know, learns that Matt didn't show up to school, and she blames herself for this. She's like, the last thing I said to him was that I wanted to send him away forever, and now maybe he's run away from us, from me. 
And then Sam, like, tries to reassure her. Yeah, um, it's like, chill, Joe. Yeah. Matt has done this before. Yeah, one time, apparently, he hid under his bed for a whole day to avoid square dance in gym class. And Joe says she checked under the bed, and all that was there was a week-old chicken noodle casserole. So two chicken noodle casserole references in one episode. After weeks of no chicken noodle (laughs) casserole, two chicken noodle casserole, two... Ah, I can't I tongue twister. Two no. chicken noodle casseroles in one I episode. I believe it changed from tuna noodle to chicken noodle, though. I thought it was tuna noodle before. No, I think it was chicken noodle the, the whole time. Okay. And then Sam's like, okay, well, remember when he snuck out to be first in line to meet Tarzan? To which Joe's like, no, Matt didn't sneak out. I took him. And we learn out that Joe McGuire has some feelings. Yeah, some Joe's a little thirsty. Thirsty for Tarzan. yeah. yeah. Sam mentions... Joe's all about that loincloth. Yeah, he says loincloth. <laughs> You're only allowed to say bra twice, but you could just throw a loincloth out there. Yeah, so they're going to look for Matt. Joe's going to look in the in the closets, and Sam is going to look under the house. So this is interesting, right? If we think that they live in New Jersey, they probably have a basement because that's like a very Northeast thing. So now... If you look at places that don't have basements, you're probably now, maybe they actually are in California. Where are they? <laughs> Where in the world are the McGuire's? I know, because if they were in New Jersey, Matt probably could not hide under the house. Probably not. I don't know. It's a, it, it, unless under the house is a weird Sam McGuire way of saying in the basement. <laughs> I mean, like, I would. Uh, the mystery continues. I wouldn't put it past him, and it's technically not not true. It's not not true? The basement is under the house. Yeah, no, it's not not true. So now we're back at school, and the moment is here. Lizzie is about to eat lunch with Ethan Kraft. This is where Gordo just, like, keeps being his Gordo self. He says to Lizzie, like, just want to be real with you. The fact that you want to eat lunch with Ethan is pathetic, who you are is way more important than who you sit with at lunch. And he said almost this exact same thing at like in picture day where he's like, who you are is way more important than what you wear. And it's like, I appreciate the sentiment. The sentiment is true, but like, like he's always trying to like police Lizzie and Miranda's behavior and like invalidate their feelings about things. Like she's excited to eat lunch with Ethan. Just let her be excited. Yeah, no, Gordo's mad jealous here, and it's a bad look. It is a bad look. As the principal says, jealousy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the word. No, that is the worst line in the episode, and we will get there. Jealousy isn't pretty on Gordo. Ugh. But, I mean, Lizzie and Miranda, good for them. They're, they are well used to and pretty unfazed by Gordo's condescending remarks because they're just still, like, squealing at each other. Yeah. Come All on, excited. Gordo. It's young love. Have a heart. <laughs> Have a hot. Stop. <laughs> and then Ethan calls Lizzie over and we get this music starts to build. And it's the same music that Lizzie does rhythmic gymnastics to. They already had the rights to it. Which is really funny. Again. Yeah. Like the same moment where like Lizzie is reaching her hand in the air to catch the hula hoop is the moment in the song where Lizzie finds out that Matt is at her school. And the Matt that everyone has been talking about all day is Matt McGuire. Yeah, Matt's over there dancing on a table. Uh, That's how Britney learned to dance, which, again, why are we so fixated on Britney Spears? I I honestly wish we kept track. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's too many times. It's a lot. Oh, my God. Like, we're only 15 episodes in. Are we going to get smacked over the face with Britney Spears references for the rest of the show? I think we already have. That's that's so annoying. But, yeah, that's how Britney learned to dance. Matt and Lizzie make eye contact. And instead of being normal people, they just scream. They just yell They literally just scream at each other. (laughs) They scream. I don't know if they're screaming at each other. They don't even scream words at each other. They're just screaming. Yeah, it's not even like they're like... There's, like, any sort of intelligent screaming happening. It's literally just like, ah. Yeah. And then Lizzie pulls Matt out of the cafeteria, and she's like, I think she's in shock. She's like, you're the new kid? To which he's like, yeah. And Kate just, like, appears. Yeah, she gets her one line of the episode. Yeah. She, like, overhears but doesn't really blow it up too much. She's like, she didn't realize Lizzie could be, uh, be related to someone that cool and charming. Yeah, because Lizzie asks if people know that they're related. So then Lizzie and Matt argue a little bit about, you know, whether or not to call their parents. Um, Matt doesn't want her to, obviously. He likes it here, even though Lizzie is always talking about how bad it is. Yeah, the playground is bigger. The food is better. And everyone is nice here. Yeah. um, Matt is staying. Matt's Matt's here for good. As if that's how it works. As (laughs) if he's not in like the fourth grade. Yeah. And the people in the cafeteria want him there as well. They're chanting his name. Matt, 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 Matt. Yeah. And he says the people have spoken. He's staying. He's here for good. He's a middle schooler now. He skipped three grades. And Gordo, who just is so insecure about his own (laughs) position, says he's glad that it's Matt and not actually a kid who's made a movie with Steven Spielberg. He's like, Steven Spielberg, what an imagination. Just can't let it go. Can't let it go. So now we flip back to Lizzie's house, where Sam and Joe are interrogating Lanny. It is the middle of the school day. Why is Lanny at their house? (laughs) Like, (laughs) she's like, yeah, this this was so strange. We have some character development with Lanny in that he is now shrugging and nodding at the Maguires. Like intro to Lanny, he's a blank stare. But now we have some nonverbal some nonverbal cues. Yeah, I liked that the gnome came back too. We saw the gnome a couple episodes ago. Oh, the gnome is a recurring motif. Yeah, Sam Maguire painted it and then subsequently like impaled himself on it <laughs> trying to break into the house. Um, <laughs> for anyone who missed that episode. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Lanny is just staring at this gnome. And then it turns out there's a policeman also in the house. But he's not going to look for uh, Matt. He's just going to stay in, in the house, house for the entire episode. <laughs> just sit there. And eat an entire box of like a dozen Krispy Kreme donuts. Yeah, because if you're a cop, gotta eat some donuts. Got to. Things are happening at the house. The house lives in an alternate timeline dimension reality. Yeah, and back at school, Lizzie has a plan. Lizzie is going to go to the principal's office and use the school phone because the school phone is for emergencies and Matt being at her school is an emergency. I think the concept of a school phone is funny just because like... Because cell phones. Because cell phones. Is is what you're trying to say. Yeah, I mean, everything about phones in this episode is so early 2000s. So, yeah. Miranda actually is... Not totally opposed to the idea of Matt staying, I guess, indefinitely. Yeah, she's kind of flipped the script on the situation because Miranda is kind of, I mean, she is a leech the right word in this situation. Like, she wants to just, like, stick to anything that could be popular. And, like, right now, that's Matt. She's a parasite. Like, the South Korean film Parasite. Yeah. And Matt is 
friends with Ethan and Matt is popular and therefore they could be associated with Matt and be popular. They can they can use Matt. And Lizzie's like, no, the best part about being here every day is that he's not here. Yeah, but then this I, fu- I this I found to be very interesting. So Matt isn't only here to hang out with the popular kids. He's also here to help the little kids or the little people as well. Yeah, I really, I really love that. He was teaching kids who may have a history of being shoved into lockers how to survive, which is just like, okay, like who has actually ever been shoved into a locker? I do not know anybody who's actually been shoved into a locker, but maybe locker dimensions have changed over the years. I don't really know. Um, but yeah, he's trying to help out, help out these people. Again, opens the locker right into Lizzie's face. Lizzie falls onto the ground. Yep. And uh, Lizzie is is fed up at this point. Now she's going to chase Matt around the school. She accidentally ends up sh- uh, shutting that kid into a locker. And then Miranda <laughs> has total power to let that kid out. And she just leaves him there. <laughs> but instead shrugs she and walks and away. And walks away. Like, what? I don't think Miranda's a good person. Maybe Miranda's a Slytherin. I know that that poor little guy was just knocking on the locker and Miranda just just walked away. Yeah. So now we're in the principal's office and Lizzie goes to use the phone. But Matt has already beaten her to the office and Lizzie gets caught by the principal trying to use the phone. Now, important to note, the principal, who is Principal Tweedy, is Mr. Mosby in The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. <laughs> like a Disney Channel recycling their talent. Phil Lewis. Phil with two L's. Yes. He made a nice little guest appearance because, like, Mr. Tweedy wasn't really a real role. He doesn't, I don't even think he comes back ever. And this was in 2001. I think Sweet Life starts in about 2005, 2006. So they bring him back, they make him the manager of a hotel. It's a great gig. Okay. Um, so yeah, but Matt, here he's Mr. Tweedy. Yeah, and Matt has been talking to him about making Scooter a part of the PE curriculum. And he thinks it's a great idea. It's a great idea. Brilliant. And Lizzie is at first like, oh, Matt's here. He's been caught. This is good. But no, Principal Tweedy is very into Matt, which is also very strange because if a small child who clearly should not be at your school is at your school, this reaction is not normal. Yeah. <laughs> But he says that they are lucky to have Matt and that he should be in the gifted program. Yeah, he's a, he's a genius. And then, and then Lizzie's like, no, like, you need to call my parents. This this is not okay. Yeah, and then Principal Tweedy says something that Mr. Mosby would certainly never say. He says to Lizzie, jealousy isn't pretty on a girl. Ugh, yikes. I hate that. Yeah, that's not a great look for Principal Tweedy. I don't know how long Principal Tweedy will be holding this position. That is disgusting to say. And, you know, any indifferent feelings I had toward Principal Tweedy went to pure loathing real quick. Yeah, he's got a strong disapproval rating right now. Yup. And then he says that he will call Lizzie's parents because he was going to do that anyways. I thought it was funny that he introduced himself as... It's Principal Tweedy from Lizzie's school. Maybe he has a uh, a sibling who's also the principal of Matt's school. Well, it's funny because, again, they're trying really hard to not pin us down to a location. Like, what is their school actually called? (laughs) 
but just from Lizzie's school. Yeah, and it's um, weird that it goes to the answering machine, right? Because we know that Sam and Joe are home. They should answer this phone call. Exactly. So you're like, what? Why would it Why would it go to the machine? Not only that, but the police officer told them to stay put. Yeah, so they, they haven't gone anywhere. But this is a glowing call for Matt. Principal Tweedy is telling them what a joy it is to have Matt at school today. And Lizzie's just like, nothing's really going her way right now. And they continue to not go her way because then she, in class, she is having a conversation with Ethan, a rare one-on-one. And he just looks at her and he goes, does your brain hurt all the time? Lizzie's like, what? And he's like, I've never met someone with a permanent brain freeze. Mine only lasts like a minute. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then... Ethan also has been told by Matt that when Lizzie gets mad, one eye just fully pops out of her head. Like it's a glass eye or something that just like falls out. out. Um, so not not a great look for Lizzie. Not a great look for Ethan. Not really a great look for anybody. Does that say sniggering? It does say sniggering. Is that a word? Yes. Should we add this to the list? I'm keeping a list of words that you've learned on this podcast. <laughs> Top to- is tutelage. Tutelage and sniggering. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. So we're back at the McGuire house, and Joe is just a mess. She's distraught. Distraught. And I, it really sort of emulates the heightened sense of momness that we got from the Aaron Carter episode. The momness? Yeah. <laughs> and I think that we should play the clip. All right, one clip coming right up. Well, this is ridiculous. I can't stand around here waiting. I'm going nuts. Isn't there something you can do? It's best to just stay home and wait for the phone to ring. Other than that, I'd love some more coffee. No! No! I'm not making you any more coffee until you can tell me where my baby is. Um, Phone to ring. Wait a second. I turned the phone off when I was online. And... What? It's been off this whole time? Well, I was wheeling and dealing, you know, because the Leaf Garrett records are really hot these days. Oh, look, messages. Joe, honey, it's Mom. Oh, dear. I hope this machine works. You haven't returned any of my calls. Okay, I'll deal with her later. Hello, yeah, this is uh, Principal Tweedy from Lizzie's school. Lizzie's school? I don't have time for you. My baby's missing. <laughs> That's the last message? But I wanted to hear from Matt. I want my Maddie. I want my Honey, it's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. Uh, About that coffee? And that is the last time we see Sam and Joe McGuire in this episode. Yeah, so so much to break down there. So I love that we got a Nana reference because Lord knows I love me some Nana. I gave her an MVP, let's not forget. Yeah, you are Nana's number one fan. (laughs) I am. Uh, So the fact that Joe could just ignore her phone calls like that just leave nana hanging it's just rude to me like i can't believe that how dare yeah how dare honestly yeah and let's not you know float past the fact that the phone has been disconnected the whole time because sam was online (laughs) tbt uh, tbt uh to the days where you needed to choose between having a phone or the internet those are some dark days. <laughs> those were those were way dark days, yeah. So yeah, turns out it's Sam's fault that they missed the phone call, but then Of course it was. Joe doesn't even care about listening to the message, so whose fault is it really? I don't know. 
Yeah, she doesn't care about Lizzie's school. She doesn't care about Lizzie. She just wants her Maddie. Her Maddie. <laughs> I don't think he has ever before or since been referred to as Maddie. Uh, I haven't heard it. <laughs> what a what a over-the-top, real evocative performance. Just so gut-wrenching. Gut-wrenching. <laughs> but yeah, it's also, yeah, it's weird that that's the last time that we see the parrots. These B stories end in just such random places. Really abruptly. They end so abruptly. Yeah. Yeah. Then um, we're back at school. This is the second straight up. No, this is the second straight episode that that's happened, right? Because the previous episode, it just ended. We had no resolution to Matt selling off all of his things. Yeah. And like we do get resolution, but it's all told through Lizzie. Like we don't see the, you know. We're missing the extended cut. (laughs) Yeah. We don't see, you know, the tearful reunion between mother and Maddie. (laughs) Which Clearly must be really short-lived because he still gets grounded. My thing, too, is, like, he was grounded at the beginning of the episode. So, like, nothing about what he did today really mattered. Like, he was already grounded. <laughs> but it mattered in the context of Lizzie's life because everybody loves Matt now. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah, so he is now, what, baking? He's showing them some sort of showing recipe. Them some I don't sort of really recipe. know. And he says that he's going to be sharing his recipes on Oprah next month. And Lizzie's suddenly very chilled. And Miranda notes this. And Lizzie's like, yeah, because I snuck back into Principal Tweedy's office and used his phone to call my parents. And I, for one, would have loved to hear that phone call. It's weird, right, that she called her parents. But then who shows up? Cops! Two police. (laughs) Yeah, so did she call her parents or did she call the... I was under the impression that she actually called the police. So what I think is the likely scenario is that Lizzie called her parents and the police officer was still at their house and he wanted to feel useful like he contributed to this. So he just probably, Joe and Sam have been through enough emotional trauma. Let, let me just call in, call in my buds. Let me just grab Matt and we can escort him back to you. Yeah, that just seems like so many unnecessary extra steps. Yeah, and maybe they think, oh, it'll scare Matt, but, like, of course it doesn't. Yeah, this just makes Matt even cooler. Yeah, so two cops arrive. Matt uses a fake British accent. It's part of this Matt Bond persona. Yes, he becomes Matt Bond. Then he's like, guess the jig is up. And he puts his hands over his head as if they're going to cuff him. Well, if they did cuff him, that would just make it even even more cool. Yeah, but instead, they just kind of escort him out. Yeah, it's um, it's like super bad. Lizzie's just like, what have I done? Like, I've made Matt more popular. Yeah, but Miranda says, you know what they say, tomorrow is another day. That's what they say. To which Gorda says, but Matt's always going to be her brother. Yeah, and <laughs> he makes another Spielberg reference. He's still butthurt about yeah, he's it. He's like, oh, Spielberg. <laughs> like, oh, Gordo, let it go. Let it go. Oh, my God. And then we cut back. The episode comes full circle in the three-way phone call. And we get a lot of the resolution of Matt's storyline told through Lizzie. Matt is grounded for a month. No TV, no phone. And he has to keep a solid 10 feet away from her at all times. So we know that Matt will not be giving Lizzie coronavirus. Yeah, good thing Matt has walkie-talkies. He doesn't even need a phone. Yeah, but like... Everyone at school is still talking about him. 
But boom, someone's buzzing in. Who could it be? Oh my God, it's Ethan Kraft. What? I'm just going to leave him on hold real quick. And like, okay, you had to, like, did you know where this was going as soon as Ethan called? Yeah, I had a hunch. Yeah. But, you know, got to play it out. We still have another minute of the episode. Yeah, so Ethan calls. Lizzie is like, bye friends. Ethan's on the other line. And Ethan is wondering what Lizzie is doing for lunch on Saturday. And Lizzie's so, like, she's so not cool. She doesn't even, like, act like she could possibly be busy. She just is immediately like, I'm free. And then (laughs) Ethan is like, so cool. So you'll have time to pick up pizza for me and Matt. I love the little guy. Too bad Matt's grounded. Yeah. And Lizzie yells at Ethan and hangs up on him. Yeah. That's not going to bode well for their future relationship. I know. Yeah. I feel like... Lizzie did not play that off as suavely as perhaps she might have wanted. No, she might then, regret that decision later. And then she still, like, blames Matt for, like, she's like, Matt ruined the most important phone call of my life. And then the episode kind of ends on, like, a threatening note. Because Lizzie <laughs> says, it's not over. I'll get him. And then the episode just ends. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's, that's it. That's the end of the episode. Uh, that's episode 115. Did it leave you feeling fulfilled? Lizzie's nightmare. I think it's a fun episode overall. I think it's a top tier episode. Yeah, no, I it, it's a good episode. I like. Uh, I thought obviously we've had some really played out cultural references that also played out in this episode as well. But you know the new cultural references that were brought in, I really appreciated. Yeah, it gave us an opportunity to sort all of the Lizzie McGuire characters into their houses. Into their houses. <laughs> yeah. So we have two Slytherins. Uh, one Hufflepuff. One Hufflepuff. One Gryffindor. We, and we one think, Ravenclaw. Yeah, one Ravenclaw. I don't know. Sam McGuire is also clearly Hufflepuff. a Hufflepuff. Um, Joe McGuire is probably also a Hufflepuff. But I do think that Nana is probably a Gryffindor. Heck yeah. <laughs> Matt had to get his Gryffindor jeans somewhere. It, it came from it Nana. Came from Nana. It came from Nana and Gammy McGuire, both of whom are Gryffindors. <laughs> <laughs> it just skipped a generation. Yeah, for sure. As always, it's time to get into the outfit. Yes, not crazy outfits today, um, but I do want to talk about just a couple quick things. So number one is Lizzie's sweater. Lizzie's sweater is crazy. Okay, so as a sweater, I mean, I would probably wear that sweater. It's with the pants (laughs) that it gets crazy. So she's wearing, it's like a block print sweater where it's like Four triangles and they are different colors. So there's like a red triangle, a blue triangle, a green triangle that's one sleeve, and a purple triangle that's the other sleeve. Green triangle? Are we looking at the same sweater? I see blue, purple, yellow, and red. Oh, it looks kind of lime green from my angle. <laughs> okay, I'll go yellow. It looks like four sweaters have been random, well, I guess cut, yeah, cut and then up, stitched and then, together. Yeah, that's what it does look like. But it also looks like there's some sort of like sequins or like rhinestones yeah like along the the seams Um, yeah i mean it's objectively like a cool a cool sweater is she wearing a snap bracelet uh i don't know i do know that she's wearing some orange like (laughs) i don't even know what the pattern is but it does not like the pants and the sweater do not match it's like vaguely leopard print it it looks like leaves it looks like yeah, it looks like Halloween. Yeah, she's wearing some Halloween pants. This is Halloween. 
it just it just sometimes the mixed prints work right and it's a statement this time it just really does not um, but her hair looks great so despite think, getting honey in it. So, yeah, is she wearing this haircut because of the honey, or is this a haircut that she would wear anyways? I think it's a haircut she would wear anyways. I appreciate the curls. And then Miranda is pretty tame in this episode. She's just wearing, like, a purple long sleeve tee with some red pom-poms in her hair because we all love some pom-poms. We do. Uh, I'd like to talk about Principal Tweety, who seems to be wearing a fish tie. Yes. <laughs> um, why not? Why not? Yeah. It's been one episode, but his tie game is already stronger than Sam's. Ouch. Sick burn. I mean, yeah. I mean, Sam, once again, just boring tie. Lame. Your tie game is lame. Is it? Because what is on his tie? <laughs> Don't know, but whatever it is, uh, it's not working for me. And finally, the moment that... You've all been waiting for. That might be a little overstated. It's time to talk about the MVP again. Okay. Uh, I went first last time, so it's your turn. Marissa, who is your MVP of this episode? So I think it's a fairly obvious choice. I don't know about you. I think so as well. Um, I have a feeling we'll probably say the same thing, but you can proceed. Yes. My MVP for this episode is... Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> Wait, what? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's Matt. I was about to lose it. I know, that's why I said it. <laughs> no, my MVP for this episode is Matt McGuire, hands down. I just really wanted to say Lizzie again because for what just happened. I think like a, he got a little forehead vein protrusion just then. Yeah, my eye almost just popped out of my head. <laughs> I think that Matt was the star of this episode, hands down. He pulls off a prank, first thing. And yeah, he gets grounded for it, but like he knows that it's an empty threat. He winds up at the wrong school, and instead of, you know, freaking out about it, he makes the best of it. He gets all of these middle school kids to think he's cool. He comes up with some really great stories on the fly. He's dope in this episode. Every pop culture reference is on point. He basically created the Harry Potter franchise. And no big deal. <laughs> no big deal. I just think that like also just like acting wise too, like in terms of like like Jake Thomas acting Matt McGuire did a really great job this episode. The timing, the the moments. He just like every time Lizzie tried to get to him. Matt was one step ahead. And I mean, like, I think he ultimately came out on top because at the beginning of the episode, he was going to be grounded anyways. So at the end of the episode, like, it, like anything he did during the day didn't really matter. And he came out as, like, the coolest fourth grader ever. Yeah. So Matt McGuire is obviously the MVP for this episode. I have to say, I completely agree with you. So for the second consecutive episode, I'm going to give an MVP to Matt McGuire. Let's just give a quick recap of the things that Matt achieved in this episode. Uh, he has a recording contract. <laughs> he went to school in Fiji. He uh, likes it shaken, not stirred. He worked with Steven Spielberg and separately convinced a separate producer to make the Harry Potter movies. He's going to make it onto Oprah. He... <laughs> He taught Brittany how to dance. Oh, my God. Yeah, he taught Brittany how to dance. 
he's going to have cooking classes. He knows how to get shoved into a locker. He <laughs> uh, knows how to get out of being shoved into a locker. He knows how to. He also knows how to. Yeah, get out of getting shoved into a locker. Uh, he saved one hamster. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's just so like everywhere you turn in this episode, it just comes up Matt. There's no way that this episode could go, or the MVP of this episode could go to anybody else. It's just, Matt is all over it. What do you think it is, too? Because I feel like the past three episodes we've watched have been really, like, focused on a character outside of, you know, the typical focus being Lizzie, right? We had our Gordo episode, we had our Miranda episode, and now, I mean, I feel like it's fair to call this the Matt episode. For sure. And... Whereas we have been more critical of the Gordo and Miranda in their episodes, Matt really came through and just shined like a star. I think if we're looking at this like, you know, if we were drafting a team, Matt is perhaps, he has both the highest ceiling and the lowest floor. <laughs> He's like, like the Tony. Like he has. In your survivor draft, right? It's like high risk, high reward. Yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> Like, there's a high chance that he's a pick that will just go bust. But then on the off chance that he does well, like, he just propels himself that much ahead of the competition. But also, I feel like the issue is, right, that Gordo and Miranda are just, like, so boring and vanilla. I think that they're still, to a certain degree, at this point in the series, caricatures. Really? Because I feel like they have almost no character. Like, who is Miranda? I have no idea. She exists just to support Lizzie and well, be like an offset of, of what Lizzie wants to do. Who is Miranda? Yeah, who is Miranda? Um, she's a singer. Is she? She's a bad actress. <laughs> but those are just like, those aren't, you're right. Like, like on, a, on a profound, like if you were doing like a character sketch, what, are, what does Miranda want? Like, she wants. Well, Miranda wants to be popular in this episode. I guess watching someone want to be popular is just, like, not... Compelling? Not compelling or interesting. Yeah, I think that right now, Miranda, you're right, she's still, she's the supportive best friend. Like, nothing is less appealing than watching someone try to garner external validation. Yeah, but at the same time, I think that sort of defines middle school. Like, I think that's a huge part of, like, the experience of being... 12 or 13 is like seeking external validation yeah i don't know it's just like i just it's not interesting to watch yeah and maybe that's because we're adults at this point and we would rather watch people who already know who they are at least in some sense like i feel like miranda has no idea who she is i think you're right and i'm i don't know i think that that's still and i feel like the same applies to gordo as well well but now you're talking more about Okay, so this show would be defined as middle grade, right? Like, they're in middle school. The target audience is, like, 8 to 12, say. And middle grade is all about, like, yeah, you, you don't know who you are yet. And it's more about learning who you are within the context of, like, your very limited world. Whereas if they were a little bit older, then this limited world gets to open up a bit more. But I hear what you're saying. Like, they're just not... Miranda... Matt knows who he is as a 10-year-old way more than Miranda knows who she is at 13. It's... Okay. So, 
here's the way I'm looking at it. It's like when Gordo and Miranda are on their own, what do they do? Like, what what do I picture they do? Sit at a wall and stare at it. Whereas, like, when I think of what Matt's doing on his own, like, I have a clear picture. He's just of, more developed. I have a clear He's- picture of what Matt does on his alone time when Lizzie's not there. When Lizzie stops existing in the world of Miranda and Gordo, they also, like, just cease to exist. They become, like, robots. I don't know what they do. Yeah. They just sit at a wall. They just sit literally and stare at a wall and wait for Lizzie to return. I th- I... Yeah, I think that you're right. Like he's just more developed and I think I think about this a lot when I'm creating secondary characters where to me it's so important to think about these questions and like what are my secondary characters what are their what's their world look like outside of the main character's problems. And we don't really we can't even guess what that would be. Though I would argue that there's a little bit more going for Gordo at this point. Right, like yeah, I would he, agree with that. He has at least like his film thing, and he's precocious, and that's true. But you never see Gordo like reaching out to other kids, like, "Hey, you want to make a film with me?" He uses film to be a loner, whereas he, usually it, film yeah. is like a way to that you connect with other people because film is inherently a, a medium of teamwork. Right, like it's very, very hard to make a film all by yourself. So far, he has only filmed Lizzie and Matt. So far, he has this love of film, but also no friends. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Like, usually, you need people to act in your films, right? Gordo has like none of that. No, he has the aspiration, but he doesn't have the people skills. Yeah, <laughs> film is all about connections. Uh, if Gordo wants to work with Spielberg, he should learn that real quick. <laughs> And make some. Yeah. Make all those connections in his presumably New Jersey suburb. <laughs> but also as maybe a, California. As a, as a 13-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's interesting to have these sort of character conversations and think more about the storytelling as a whole. But as we get into more like, you know, we're starting to see some patterns with who we're picking for the MVPs and like what's working at a storytelling level and what's not. Yeah, I think that what's interesting for me, at least when I look at the way that I've been picking MVPs, it's like characters just get hot and they go on streaks. Like right now, I feel like Matt's really on a hot streak for me. A couple episodes ago, Larry was kind of on a hot streak. I know, streak. I was like, wait, you gave two MVPs in a row to Larry. Yeah, back to back. Your your default is just Lizzie McGuire, so. Sometimes it seems like you're just trying to be contrary and not pick Lizzie, though. I had a very good reason to, for all the MVPs that I picked. <laughs> even nana especially nana i i considered it this episode too i was like a second <laughs> nana appearance i can't pa- i can't pass up this opportunity honorable mention to nana yeah honestly maybe half point to nana <laughs> well we can't start giving half points i know that's a slippery slope cool so that was another gr- i would say great episode of lizzie mcguire i i mean like i sincerely enjoyed this one yeah me too That was episode 115, Lizzie's Nightmare. As always, you can follow us at Outfit Repeat Pod on Twitter. We are still accepting questions, so you can always just, you know, tweet them at us or email them at outfitrepeaterspodcast at gmail.com. 
Yep. These episodes will all be uploaded to www.paginatedmedia.com slash outfit repeaters. That's also where we'll be uploading photos of the outfits that we talked about today. So if you want to see Lizzie's crazy outfit, that's where that will be. Yeah. And tune in next week for episode 116, Obsession. Is that a wig? What am I seeing there in the thumbnail? You are seeing Gordo dressed as Elvis. Gordo dressed. Did Elvis have a bump it? What is that? It's it is a wig. <laughs> it's a big wig. That's crazy. All right. Well, I guess I'll find out next time. Indeed, you will. Yeah. Oh boy. Mm-hmm.